1: The Wind in the Rosebush, by Mary Eleanor Wilkins Freeman. Ford Village has no railroad station, being on the other side of the river from Porter's Falls, accessible only by the fold which gives its name and a ferry line. The ferry boat was waiting when Rebecca Flint got off the train with her bag and lunch basket. When she in her small trunk was safely barked, she sat stiff and straight and calm in the ferry boat as it shot swiftly, smoothly the stream. There was a horse attached to a light country wagon aboard. He pawed the deck uneasily. His owner stood near, her wary eye upon him, although he was chewing with a dully reflective expression as a cow as, reflect, as duly reflective as an expression of a cow. Beside, Rebecca sat a woman about her own age who kept looking at her with vertical ferocity. Her husband, short and stout and Saturnine stood near her. Rebecca paid no attention to either them. She was tall and spare and pale, a type of spinster yet with rumouranty lines and expressions of matronhood. She all unconsciously held up a, held up a shawl, and rolled up above Calvi's bag on her left hip, as if she had been a child. She wore a subtle frown of dis- c- c- descent, a life with a frown of mother who guarded life, as forward for, all, for a well-wed child, rather than an overwhelming fate. The other woman continued staring at her. She was mildly stupid, except for an overdeveloped curiosity, which made her times sharp beyond belief. Her eyes glittered. Red spots came on her flaccid cheeks. She kept opening her mouth to speak, making little abortive motions. Finally she enjoyed it no longer. She nudged Rebecca boldly. Pleasant day, said she. Rebecca looked at her and nodded coldly yes very she asserted twisted have you come far I come from Michigan Oh, said the woman with oh, awe it's a long ways you marked presently it, it yes it is replied Rebecca conclusively still the other woman was not daunted There's something which she determined to know possibly roused there too by a vague sense of ink. Conjuringity in the other's appearance—it's a long ways to come and leave a family. She remarked with painful shyness. "I don't—I ain't got any family to leave," returned Rebecca, slow, shortly. "Then you ain't? No, I ain't." "Oh," said the woman. Rebecca looked straight ahead, across the river. It was a long ferry. Finally, Rebecca herself waxed unexpectedly lugubrious. He turned to an older woman and inquired if she knew Jolene Dent's widow, who lived in Full Village. Her husband died about three years ago, said she, by the way of detail. The woman started violently. She turned pale, and she flushed, as she cast a strange glance at her husband, who was regarding both women. The stock was sol- solid. Keenness Yes, I do, flowered the woman, finally. Well, his first wife was my sister said Rebecca, with an air of one imparting important intelligence. Well, she was she? responded the other woman feebly. She glanced at her husband, with expression of doubt and terror. He shook his head forbiddingly. I'm going to see him, and take my niece Angus home with me, replied Rebecca. Then the woman gave her such a violent start that she noticed it. What awesome is the matter? she asked. Nothing guess, replied the woman. Her eyes on her husband, who was slowly shaking his head with a Chinese toy. Is my mother sick? Asked Rebecca, with quick suspicion. No, she's ain't sick, replied the woman, with acidity. Then she caught her breath with a glimpse, last. When you you see her, let me see. I haven't. S- when did you see her? Well, let me see. I haven't seen her for some t- little time, said like the woman. Then she caught her breath again. She ought to have grown up. She would have grown up, but real pretty, she takes after my sister. She's a very f- real pretty woman, Rebecca said wistfully. Yes, I guess she did grow up pretty. Floyd, so woman in a trembling voice. What kind of woman is his second wife? Woman glanced at her husband's mourning her face. She kindled gaze gazed at him, while she p- replied in a tricky voice to Rebecca. I-, I guess she's a nice woman, she replied. I don't know. Guess so. I don't see much of her. I kind of hurt. John married again so quick, said Rebecca. But I suppose he wanted his house kept. Angus wanted care. I wasn't so si- si- situated. I would take her when her mother died. I had my own mother to care for. Her. I was school teaching. Now, mother has gone. My uncle died six months ago, left me quite a little property. I have given up to my school and come for Angus. I guess she'd be glad to go with me. Though I suppose the stepmother is a good woman, and I was, was always done for her. The man warning Shaken's wife was fairly potentious. I guess so, said she. John always wrote that she's a beautiful woman, said Rebecca. Then the ferryboat greeted her on the shore. John Dent's widow had sent the horse a horse and wagon to meet her, so soon the The woman and her husband went down and rode, and which Rebecca and the wagon the trunk soon passed them, she then, she said reproachfully, Seems if I ought to have told her, Thomas. How would her find out for herself with my little man? Did you go burning her fingers in another folk's pudding for Maria? So you don't suppose you see anything, said a woman with, with one extra a and to if roll the eyes. See, you the husband, with stolid, skull scorn, Better be sure there's something to see. Oh Thomas, they say. Lord, ain't found out what they say is as well as they lies. But even should it be true, she's another woman. She might be scared enough to lose her wits," said his wife, staring uneasily at Rebecca's direct figure and the wagon disappearing over the crest of the hilly road. Wits as so easy upset. Ain't worth much," declared the man. "You keep out of it, Maria." Rebecca in the meantime rode on, in the wagon beside a flaxen but faded boy who looked to her understanding not very bright. She asked him a question. pay paid no attention. He pointed it and responded with a bewildered and concurrent grunt. Then she left alo- him alone, after making sure he knew how to drive straight. After they travelled about half a mile past the village squares, gone a short distance beyond, the boy drew up with a sudden wall before a very pr- prosperous looking house. It had been one of the original cottages of the vicinity, small and white with roof standing on the one side over a plaza and a tiny L jutting out in the rear on the right hand. But the cottage was transformed by a windows, a bay window the plaza on the plaza's left side, a tr- curved Raining down the front steps at a modern hardwood door. Is this John Dent's house? said Rebecca. Boy was sparing a speech as a philosopher. So, his sponsors were flinging the reins of his horse's back, stretching out one foot to the shaft, and leaping out the wagon and going around the rear of the trunk. Rebecca got out and went back towards the house. Its white paint had gone, had a new gloss. It lines with immaculate apple green, along with trim the smoothest as of it, if dotted with scrimpious groups of hydrangeas and canyons. I always understood that John Trent was well-to-do, Rebecca reflected Completely, I guess Rebe- uh, Agnes Agnes, still would have considered I not good enough, but he will come in handy for schooling. She can have advantages. A boy dragged a trunk up the fine gravel walk before he reached the steps leading up plaza. The house stood on terrace. Front door opened and fair, fizzled-haired. A very large and handsome woman appeared. She held up a black skirt, silk skirt, his clothing rumorous ruffles, of stark tabularity, and waited for Rebecca. She smiled placidly for a pink double-chinned face, wide and dimpled, her uh, blue eyes were very, and calculating. She extended her hand as Rebecca climbed the steps. This is Miss Flint, I suppose, said she. Yes, Madam replied Rebecca, no sign of bewilderment. Chris's expression compounded fear and defiance on the other's face. I let her only ring drive this morning, said Miss Dent. A steady voice, her face was uniform pink, her chin and a blue eyes was once aggressive and veiled with secrecy. Yes, I hardly thought you'd get my letter, Riveka. I thought I, if I could not wait to hear from you before I came, I suppose be so situated, you should could uh, me a little while without putting you up too much from what John used to write me makes says when I had a money. To, so it's unexpected. I felt as if I must come up for Agnes. I suppose you will be telling Billy me to give her up. She, know, she knows she's my own blood and of course she's no relative to you. So you must have got attached to her. I know from her pictures what a sweet girl you must be. And John always said she looked like her own mother and Grace's beautiful woman. It was she who was my own, my own sister. Rebecca stopped and stared at the door of a woman in amazement. alarm. the great, handsome, blonde, big creature stood speechless, livid, clasping with her, her hand to her heart, her lips parted in a horrible character of a smile. Are you sick? cried, Re- Rebecca, drawing nearer. Do you want me to get you some water? Then Miss Dent recovered herself with great effort. "It's nothing," she said. "I'm subject to the spells. I am over it now. Won't you come in, Miss Flint?" As she spoke, to you, the beautiful deep rose c- colour suffused her face. A blue met her visitor's with a quickness, a turquoise with a relation of blue, but a meant to all behind. Edgar followed her hostess in. A boy had waited, consequently, climbed the steps from the trunk. Uh, before they entered the door, a strange thing happened. On the upper terrace, close to the radarsa post, grew a, grew a great rose bush on it. Late in the season, though, it was one red, perfect rose. It, it was one red, small, red, perfect rose. looked at it. The other woman extended a hand with a quick gesture. Don't you pick that rose? He brutalistically cried. Becca to herself up with a stiff dignity. I didn't came in the habit of picking other folks' roses without leaves, said she. Becca spoke, she startled violently, and lost sight of her resentment, for something similar happened. Suddenly the rose was agitated violently, as if by a gust of wind, yet it was a remarkably still day. The leaf of a standing on a terrace close, the so rose trembled. What on earth replied Rebecca? But in she stopped with a gasp at sight of the other woman's face. Through another face that gave something gave somehow. Impression of Desby Schlepp's hand of secrecy. Come I in, she said in a harsh voice that seemed to come forth from her chest for no in ventilation of the organ's speech. Come into my house, I'm getting cold out. It's getting cold out here. What does the bush blow, so when it isn't any wind, said Rebecca, trembling with a vague horror, irresolute. resolute. I don't see it as blowing, replied the woman, calmly, as if she spoke. Indeed, the bush was quiet. It's blowing, declared Rebecca. It isn't now, said Miss Dent. I can't try and account for everything. That blows out doors. I have too much to do. She spoke scornfully and confidently with defiant, unfleaching eyes first on the blush. Then went Rebecca and led the way to the house. It looks queer, of Rebecca, but she followed, and also the boy with a trunk. Rebecca entered an inferior interior preposterous, per- even elegant according. To own to own her simple stand- like ideas, the Brussels carpets, lace curtains, and plenty of brilliant upmanship polished wood. You look real, real nicely situated, remarked Becca. As they have become a little accustomed to her new surroundings? The two women seated at a table, tea table, Miss Dent stared with a hard complacency from behind a silver-plated surface. Yes, I ma'am. Mean, yes, I be said she. You've got all the things new says Rebecca, hesitantly, but me with there's memory of her dead sister's fragile Fancies." Yes, said Mrs. Dent. I never wanted to want dead folks' things. I had money enough for my own, so I wasn't behold to John. I had the odd duds Put up at the auction. It didn't bring much, I suppose. You saved time. So for Agnes, you might want might, might some of your poor mother's things when she's grown up, Becca with some indignation. If I stare, Mrs. Dent's blue eyes wax more dense. There are a few things up, up, gone, it, said she. If you be lively to value them. If you be likely to value them, well, Becca, as she sits spoke, she glanced to the window. Is not much time for her to be coming home? She asked. Most time, most time required, answered Mrs. Dent curiously. When she gets over to Addie's columns, do you never know where to come home? Annie's got a moment to a friend? Edward Zick Annie. Maybe you can have her come have her come out to see Agnes where she's living with me, said Rebecca wistfully. I suppose she'd be likely to be homesick at first. Most late, like, most likely, answered Miss Flint. Does she call you mother? Rebecca asked no. She calls me Aunt Emmeline. Replied the other one shortly. When did you say you were going home? In about a week, I thought if I can, she can be ready. Go soon, I answered Rebecca. With a surprised look, like she reflected she could not remain a day longer when she could help after such an impossible look. Question. Oh, as far as that goes, said Mrs. Dent. I wouldn't make any difference for her being ready. You won't. go home whenever you felt that you must, and she could come afterwards alone. Why not? She's a big girl now. She didn't have to change cars. My nieces will go home when I do, and i travel alone if you can't. I can't wait here for her in the house of what used to be her mother's. My sister's home. I go bored and somewhere return Rebecca warmth. You, oh, you can stay here for as well as long as you want to. You're welcome," said Mrs. Dent. And Rebecca started. There, there she is declared a trembling, as voice. Now we knew how she longed to see the girl. It's isn't she late as I thought she'd be, said Miss Dent, and again a curious subtle change passed over her face, and again it settled into stony impassiveness. Verica <clears throat> stared at the door, waiting for it to open. Where is she? she asked, personally. I guess she stopped to take her hair hat. Of her hat the entry, as she said Miss Dent, Rebecca wait, waited. Well, I, I don't do come in, c- come, come. I'd say, can't take her all oh, this time to take off that hat for her answer. Miss Dent rose with a stiff jerk and down the door. Angus, he cried. called Angus, and he turned red. I don't Rebecca, where is she in there? I saw her pass the window, said Rebecca, bewilderment. You must have been mistaken. I do I know I did, possessive verse, uh, Rebecca. I could have. Couldn't, you couldn't have. I did. I saw first a shadow over the scene. I saw her in the glass there. I pointed mirror right over the sideboard the opposite. Then the wind shadow passed the window. How did she look in the gla- glass? Light, the light, little light, got it headed. Light hair kind of tossing over her forehead. You couldn't have seen her. Was that, was that like, was that like Agnes? Like enough, not of course, but you couldn't see her. You've been what thinking so much about her, you thought you did. you thought you did. I brought you I saw a shadow past the window, but I must have been mistaken. She didn't come in or when or we would have seen her for now. I knew it was too late for her to go home and maybe shallcos anyhow and Rebecca went to Agnes bed Agnes had not returned. Rebecca. Is old. You've not retired. So the girl came, but very tired. A reason herself. You. She-
3: Custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R
1: I E N T.com. Corient.com. It's foolish. Besides, Mrs. Dent suggested Agnes might go to church social. social. That'd be so cool. And Rebecca suggested she might. She'd be sent. For when told that aunt had come, Miss Dent laughed amenably. I guess you'll find out that the young girl isn't ready to leave as sociable. Searchable. Where does be boys to see her aunt? said she. She's too young, said Rebecca, incredulously and indignantly. She's 16, replied Mrs. Dent. She's always been great for the boys. She's going to school four years after I met, met her, but she thinks a boy, declared Rebecca. You see laughed the old woman. I uh, Rebecca went to bed. She w- lay awake a long time. This if the sound of girlish laughter, a boy's voice under the window. Then she fell asleep the next morning we're down early Miss Dent, who knows that has get no servants for barely preparing breakfast. Doesn't and Angus help you with breakfast? asked Rebecca. I let her lay, replied Mrs Dent shortly. What time did you get home last night? She didn't get home. What? She didn't get home. She stayed with Aunt or She d- never does. Often does. Without the sending a word. Oh, I knew I wouldn't. She, she knew I wouldn't worry. When will you? She be home? I guess she. She'd be pretty. She'd be along pretty soon. Becca was uneasy, but she tried to conceal it. She knew there no good reason for uneasiness. An it was the case alarm. In fact, of one young, one young girl saying over night with her other. She had not eaten so much breakfast and which she kept out of the little plaza for, for her, her hostess strove fervently to stop her. Why do you go out to the, the house and I'm pretty, it's real pretty, pretty, a view over the river, she said. I guess I'll go out there here, replied Rebecca. She had purposed to watch for the baby of St. Gale. Recent, presently, Rebecca came hustling into the house through the sitting room in the kitchen where Miss Dent was cooking. A rose was she grasped Miss Dent. Turn and faced her, what of it? It's blowing, what of it? Isn't mighty wind But this morning? She Miss Dent turned in a row toss of her fair head. You think I can spend my time puzzling over such nonsense? She began but Rebecca interrupted her, a cry and rushed to the door. There she is now, she cried. She flung the door wide open, and cursing enough a breeze came in, her own grey hair tossed. A blow paper blew off the table, in the floor to the floor with a loud rustle, and there was nobody in sight. As there's, no, there's nobody here," replied. Uh, "Here," Bertha said. She looked blankly at the other woman who brought her rolling pin down a slab of pie crust for the front. "I didn't hear anybody," she said calmly. "I know. I saw somebody pass the window. You were, mass- you were mistaken. I know. I saw something. You can't have. Heard. Please shut that door." Rebecca shut the door. She sat down beside the window and looked at the uh, ornamental yard with a little curve of footpath to the kitchen door. What smells so strong of roses in this room? She said presently. She sniffed hard. There's only thing there's, but there's it's not a milkmeg. I can't smell anything else. Where do you suppose Agnes is? Oh perhaps she's gone over to the ferry to Porter's Fells, Adley. She often does. addie got an aunt over there. and he has got a cousin. A real nice a real pretty boy. Posey's gone over there. Maybe I shouldn't wonder. That women should be she be home not right before afternoon. Rebecca waited with all the patience she could muster. She kept reassuring herself, as telling herself that it was all natural that other women, would not help her. It So she made up her mind that if it was Angus who return, not return the afternoon as she would, would be sent for. But at four o'clock she started up the re- resolution. She had been thoroughly watching all its clock on the sitting room mantel. She timed it herself. She said if Angus was not home at times she stood should a demand be sent for. He rose and stood before Miss Dent and looked up coolly from the embroidery. "I waited for just as long as I'm going to," she said. i would to come way from Manchester see my sister's daughter and take her home with me. I've been here ever since yesterday, twenty-four hours, and seen her now. I'm going to? I want to send for her." Miss Dent folded her embroidery and Well, I don't blame you, she said. Five times you came home, I'd go right over and get her by my, my, her myself." Rebecca sighed a sigh of relief. She hardly knew he had respected or feared. She knew that her position had been one of them. not accused. She was sensible of relief. I wish you would, she said grate- gratefully. Went back to her chair while Mrs. Dent got a shawl and a little white head tie. I couldn't, I wouldn't trouble you, but I do feel I couldn't wait my long, any longer to see her, she remarked apologetically. Oh, it doesn't, it's any trouble at all, said Mrs. Dent as she went out. I don't blame you. You waited long enough. Edgar sat at the window, watching breathlessly, till Mrs. Dent came up, stepping through the yard alone. She sat down, went to the, the door. I'm violently not noticing it, it, it this time. Uh, Rosebush was again violently agitated. Yet there's no wind ever elsewhere. Where is she? She cried. Miss Dent laughed and offered with stiff lips, came up and stepped over the terrace. Girls will be girls, she said. She's gone with Annie to Lincoln. Annie's got an uncle who's a conductor on the train and lives there. He got, uh, and passes. Again, stay at, stay to, at his aunt's, Margaret's a few days. Mrs. Sullivan. And Agnes didn't have time to cover, come over and asked me before the train went, but she took it on herself and say it would be right. And why hasn't she been over to tell you? Rebecca was angry, even not no, though no, not suspicious. She even saw no reason for her anger. Oh, she's putting up grapes, grapes. She's coming over just as soon as she's got the back black off her hands. I heard I had. She heard I had company. Her hands were slight. She was holding them but over so for much. You say she's doing going to stay a few days? Repeated Rebecca yes, till Thursday, said Miss Miss said. How far is her Lincoln from there here? Yeah. About fifty miles, it must be it be a real treat for her uh, Mrs Cullen's sister's a nice real nice woman. I'm gonna make a pretty make gonna make it pretty late about me going home. Don't feel as so if you could wait. I get, re- get her ready and send her on just as soon as I can, Miss Dent said sweetly. I'll go into to wait, said Rebecca grimly. The two women sat down and Miss Dent took up her embroidery. If any any my sewing can do for her, Rebecca asked finally in a desperate way, if I can get to her sewing along with some. She then arose with her to see, and fetched a mass of white from the closet. Here, she said, if "You want to sew the lace in this nightgown. I was going to put her in to it. She had been glad enough to get rid of it. You ought to have done da- this. One more, she der- goes. I don't like to send away. That's some good underclothing. The worker snapped a little. white garment sewed, sewed free furiously. When night actually awakened from a deep sleep, a little after midnight, Laying a minute, trying to collect her facilities, explained herself what she's listening to. The last she discovered is that there was a popular strains, a maiden's prayer, voting up for the floor, for the piano in the sitting room below. you jumped up for a throw of a nightgown and hurried downstairs, trembling. This was no, there was nobody in the sitting room. The piano was silent. She ran to Mrs. Dent's bedroom and cried hysterically, Emily, Emily, I, Emily. What is it? asked Mrs. Dent's voice from the bed. The voice was stern, but hadn't of consciousness consciousness in it. Who was that pen playing a maiden's prayer sitting in room on the piano? I didn't hear anybody. There was someone. I didn't hear anything. I tell you it was someone, but there ain't nobody. There isn't anybody here. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. I did someone playing maiden's prayer on the piano. Has Angus got home? I didn't want to know, but of course, Angus hasn't got home. Asked him fe- infection. Infection. I said, Miss Dent, with raising infection. Mean, if he'd gone crazy over that girl, the Dow's boat for puts full, was in before we went to bed. Of course, he hasn't come. I heard. Are you, been, are you dreaming? I wasn't. I was broad awake. Rebecca went back to her chamber and sent, kept the lamp burning all night. The next morning, eyes upon Miss Dent, a wary and blazing with suppressed excitement. She kept opening her mouth as if to speak when frowning and setting her lips hard. After breakfast, she went upstairs and came down presently, but with a coat and bonnet. Now, Emily, she said, I, don't w- I want to know where the Sedicums live. He then gave a strange, long, half-lidded glance at her. She's finished her coffee. Why? she asked. I'm going over there and find out. If they've heard anything but from my daughter, anger since they went away i don't like- I don't like what I heard last night. You been you must have been dreaming. It don't make any odds whether I was or not. Does she play the main player on that piano. I wanted know where well, it is she does. she plays for but it little. I believe she i know don't know if she didn't play, but I'll play it anyway. She didn't get got an ear. I wasn't half played last night. I don't like such things happening. I ain't superstitious. I don't like it. I'm going where where to the silkums live? You go down the road over the bridge, past the grist Mill, and turn the left. It's only house for half a mile. You can't miss it. It's a barmer's ship with full sail and a couple of oh, I'm going. I don't feel easy. About two hours later Rebecca returned. There was red spots on her cheeks, she looked wild. I've been there, she said. Isn't a soul at home? Something's happened. What's has happened? I don't know. Something I had a morning last night, there wasn't a soul there. And, and they have been sent to Lincoln. Did you see anyone? Don't ask, asked, asked Miss Dent with thinly concealed anxiety. Inside, I asked the woman that lives on turn the road. She's tone deaf, I well, suppose you know. She'd scream, listen, I screamed to her, where the, the silkworms were. And she said, Miss Smith, I don't live here. I don't see anybody at night right, on the road, and there's only there's only that there's only that's the only house. What well, do you suppose it means? Do you mm-hmm. suppose it means anything much of anything? Replied Mrs. Crupp. calling him, Miss Stokum's. is conductor of the railroad. He'd mm-hmm. be he'd be away anyway, but away anyway. Miss doesn't go often. Goes only when she does. Depend mm-hmm. on David, sit and pull the fall. She'd be more likely to go away," adding. Anything? Anything has happened? Rebecca asked with distinguishing distrust upon them, with all the reasonabilities of it. then no. Uh, Rebecca went upstairs to lay aside her coat and bonnet, but she looked. She came hurrying back, and then they, with them still on. Who's been in my room? She grasped her face, pale as ashes. Miss Dent also pale as you granted her. What do you mean? She had asked slowly. I found that when upstairs, that little black, black girl at Angus's bed. Laid out, I was uh, laid out the sleeves were folded across the spirit there was a little red rose between them. Emily, what is it, Emily? What is the matter? Miss Dent was struggling for breath in the great cross-lead tropes. She clung to the back of a chair. Rebecca trembling herself she could not scarcely keep her to her feet, got her some water. As soon as she recovered herself, Miss Dent regarded her with eyes full of strange mixture of fear and horror and hospitality. What do you... Mean, what do you mean talking so? She said in a loud voice, odd voice. She had nonsense, you knew it. You threw it down and it fell that way. It's folded in my bell drawer. It couldn't have been. Who picked the red rose? Look at the bush, Miss Dent replied shortly. Rebecca looked at her, her mouth gaped. She hurried out of the room and then came back. Her eyes seemed to protrude. She had, in the meantime, hastened upstairs and came down with tottering steps. Clinging to the minister. Now I want to know what this all means, she demanded. What is that what? What means? A rose and a bush, and it's gone from my bed to my room. Is this horse haunted? Haunted or what? I don't know anything about the horse, house being haunted. I don't believe in such things. Be, be you crazy? Mr. Ed spoke with growing force, with a colour flashed back to her cheeks. No, said Rebecca shortly. I ain't crazy yet, but I shall be if you, these kiss keeps on much longer. I'm going to find out where the girl is before the night. Miss Dent eyed her. What are you going to do? I'm going to Lincoln. Fair trumpet smile overspread Mrs. Dent's large face. You can't, she said. There ain't no new train. No train. No. There a train for the Falls of Lincoln. Now I'm going over the snowdrums right again tonight. Hey, Rebecca did not do Did not go. So the rain came as a third, even with her resolution, would only had vest dresses with her. And evening came. A letter from Mitcham Village, which she had left nearly a week ago, it was from a cousin, a single woman, who had come to keep her house when she was away. The present excitingly enough, all the verse of it, rarely, mostly how she missed Becca, how she hoped you was living, having a pleasant weather, and kept her health. Now, her friend, her friend, Mrs. Greenway, come to stay, but since she felt lonesome in the nice, night, night house how she hoped Rebecca would not object to this, although nothing had been said about it. Essentially, she did not realise she might be nervous alone. Her cousin was painfully conscientious, hence the letter. Rebecca smiled in spite of a disturbed mind. She read it, and her eye caught the manuscript, this in a different hand purported to be written by a friend, Miss Helen Greenway. And informing her that cousin had fallen down the cellar steps and broken the hip. It was a dangerous condition, and we we're flogging Rebecca return at once, as she made herself a dramatic and had able to nurse her properly, and no one else could be detained. Rebecca looked at Mrs Dent, who had come to her room and let her quite late. It was half past nine, she'd gone upstairs for the night. Where did this come from, she asked. Mr Applecomb," brought it, she replied. Who is he? Postmaster, if then brings the letters, comes on late mail. He knows there ain't nobody send. I brought your he brought yours about you coming. He said that his wife came over to the ferry boat with you. I remember him, Rebecca replied the shortly. There's uh, bad news his let like a Miss Denton's face took an expression. She was in Yes. My cousin Harriet has fallen down the fella steps. It was always the most dangerous. She's broken her head. I got to take the first train home tomorrow. I don't say you don't say so. I'm very sorry. So you ain't no, you ain't sorry said Rebecca, with a look of as she leaped, you're glad, I don't know why you're glad you wanted to get rid of me so for some reason ever since I came. Don't know why you're a strange woman now you' got your way. I hope you're satisfied. How you talk, Miss Dent spoke with a faintly injured voice. There was a light in her eyes I talked this the way it is. I'm going in tomorrow in morning. I want you. Uh, just as soon as Merrick, and Gusten comes home, send her out to me. Don't you wait for anything. You'll pack that clothes she's got and don't want, even want to mend them. Buy her a ticket. I change the money. and You send her along. You don't have to change cars. You start her off when she gets home. I have a train. Very well, replied the other woman. The expression of convent as marusement. Mind you, do it. Very well, Rebecca. Rebecca started on the journey the next morning when she arrived Tuesday late and she found her cousin in perfect health. He found her moreover the friend had not written a transcript, cousin letter. Rebecca would have to return to the full village the next morning with fatigue and nervous strain and been too much for her. She had not been able to make move from her bed. she had a spe- species of low fever induced by anxiety and fatigue she couldn't she could write, and she did silicons. I received no answer. She wrote to the Mrs. Dent. She even sent numerous photographs. With no response, finally, she wrote in the postmaster. And it arrived, arrived by the most possible now. A letter was short, cut, and to purpose, Miss The postmaster, the man of few words, and especially wary, with his expressions in a letter. Dear Mrs. Madam, he spoke. Your favored recorded no silicones in full village. All dead, only many years old. A mother two years later, a father, five five vacant. Mrs John Mrs John Dent said he was next let his stop to jail. Very maddening after four favour received. So comes this Schwarz Village all dead. Eight, ten years old ago, a mother two years ago, a father five hours vacant. Miss John Dent said to have a neglected stepdaughter the girl was sick medicine not a very given talk of very taking action not enough evidence house said to be haunted strange lights and sounds your niece Angie Dent died a year ago but about this time was truly Thomas Abercrombie.